moving left, trailing three. Good protect. Pass the right cross. Oh, touchdown, Tampa Bay. Oh, Jay Howard, fire them cannons. What a play. We are Bucks Nation, SB Nation's team blog for your Super Bowl 55 champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Come fan with us at BucksNation.com. Season 3, Episode 2 of the Bucks Nation Podcast kicks off now. It was around the same time last year that everyone was waiting with a bated breath about Tom Brady's future. After Robert Kraft just said he would allow Tom Brady to explore the free market. There was obviously speculation which was quickly overcast with serious doubts that Brady would ever consider making a move to Tampa Bay. Then there was this speculation and rumor mill around Rob Gronkowski coming out of retirement. No way was he coming to Tampa, right? But with Brady confirmed to come to Tampa, anything was possible at this point. Then the signing of Leonard Fournette and the surprise and shock and awe campaign that came along with the signing of Antonio Brown after he served an eight-game suspension. The Buccaneers have successfully brought back all starters from the Super Bowl team to make another run for the Super Bowl in 2021. Some notable re-signings include Rob Gronkowski and Leonard Fournette. They also retain Chris Godwin, Levante David, Ndamukong Sue, and Shaq Barrett. The Bucks also have announced that they'll be picking up Vita Vea's fifth-year option, and other notable re-signings include Ryan Suckup, Rakeem Nunez-Roches, Kevin Minter, and offensive linemen Aaron Stinney and Josh Wells. The latest big free agent watch party is surrounding Antonio Brown. It's been reported that a return has been discussed, and he's been working out with Fournette. But it seems to be coming down to money at this point. There's speculation that he may be asking for just a little too much guaranteed, whereas the Bucks may be offering more in incentives. There are other receiver options that keep getting raised up in the media. One very real possibility that keeps coming up is with veteran and future Hall of Famer Larry Fitzgerald. And then there's the rumor mill surrounding Julian Edelman rejoining his former quarterback in similar fashion as Gronk and Antonio Brown. This offseason continues to electrify football fans across the country. Rumor mills squashed while others become reality. The 2021 NFL Draft is a lot less blurry for most teams, and Bruce Arians and Jason Light are ready to find their next generation of the Buccaneers roster. On today's show, we're going to dig into bringing all the starters back for another Super Bowl run in 21, Antonio Brown's future and rumors surrounding Larry Fitzgerald, as well as other receiver rumors coming to Tampa. We'll also touch on Jason Light and Bruce Arians preparing for the 2021 NFL Draft as they plan for the future of the organization. Welcome to Block One of the Bucks Nation podcast. I'm your host, Jason Curtis. Find me on Twitter at JCBucksNation and follow the show at BucksNationPod. And don't forget to check out all of our written works posted at BucksNation.com. We're kicking off the show talking about the return of all starters from the 2020 Super Bowl season. No team has ever done that after winning a Super Bowl in the free agency era. That is something to note and something to be excited about as Bucks fans and as we approach this next season. The front office has done some amazing magic financially and strategically, obviously utilizing the voidable years concept, which we'll get into in just a little bit. Jason Light mentioned how it all lined up financially uh, in several interviews 
And as you've heard over the course of the past month or so, it all just seemed to fit in place. There's this notion of voidable years that I just referred to and you've been hearing about, and that's basically kicking the can down the road. And we talked about it at the last show where we were kicking the can. The Buccaneers have been kicking the can down the road, basically prolonging how long they're paying these players to free up the salary cap for 2021. However, James Palmer of NFL Network reported that Light has said that heading into 2022 doesn't mean that they're going to start cutting a bunch of guys just because they kicked that can down the road and they've got to pay more in the upcoming years. They still plan and think that they can remain consistent moving forward. So I'm really anxious to see how that all pans out after this uh, upcoming season. It all started with Tom Brady. Tom Brady has done what he has been doing for years. We mentioned it on the last show. He has extended his contract to allow for more salary cap room to bring on the supporting cast members needed to make another run. Tom Brady signed a four-year deal. Let's work this a little bit. There are two voidable years uh, included in that deal. So it's actually only one year extension on top of the already uh, on top of the year that he already had from his previous contract with the Buccaneers. So he basically has two years left on the contract playing through and committing through the 2022 season. And here's that breakdown. So he has a $25 million contract with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It includes $20 million in signing bonus. $25 million uh, of that is guaranteed, obviously. So that, that contract is guaranteed. And that's where the win-win situation comes in because there's a lot of guarantees with these extensions and doing things. Uh, and a lot of people hear extensions and they think they're taking pay cups. And although it may be up front, they're actually getting more with the signing bonus and with what's guaranteed. In 2021, this is how this breaks down. According to spotrack.com, in 2021, Brady, Brady will earn a base salary of $1,075,000. That's it. But he gets a signing bonus of $25 million. So obviously it frees up the amount of money that were was needed for this coming season to pay for folks like Shaquille Barrett, who is hit the money pot. He hit it nicely. So let's touch on those Buccaneers top eight as it shows here. So Shaquille Barrett, one of the top free agents in the NFL free agency, he hit that money pot. So here's that breakdown. He is staying with the Buccaneers through 2020, excuse me, 2024, although he is getting paid through 2025. Again, there's that voidable year on top of that. So here's how this breaks down. Four years, $68 million, which includes an $18.75 million signing bonus. $34.25 million is guaranteed. So he'll have an average annual salary of $17 million. So this is how it breaks down in 2021. Barrett will earn a base salary of $1.25 million. I know that seems way off. I'm still a little clueless. But he gets a signing bonus of $18.75 million. So let's go ahead and head into Levante David, another notable re-signing. The defensive captain agreed to a two-year extension, uh, fairly straight up with three additional voidable years on top of that. So again, it stretches how he's going to be paid. So although he's committed to stay with the Bucks through 2022, he will reasonably get paid through 2025. The contract breakdown is two years, $25 million. Uh, $20 million of that is guaranteed. So he will get an average annual salary of $12.5 million. So David will earn a base salary of $1.075 million heading into 2021. 
He got a signing bonus of $11.425 million, carries a cap hit of $3,360,000 with the dead cap value of $17.5 million. Chris Godwin, he was a big re-signing. He's the lucky one to be tagged on the franchise tag, right? I, I, I think that's not a bad deal given the situation, and there's probably other discussions that are being had with Chris Godwin as well, uh, along with Jason Light and his representation. So could they be waiting until next year to give him that big long-term deal? It's like, listen, we need to give you uh, the tag this year because we need to save on that cap, you know, moving into next year and the year beyond that. It does help prevent any further salary cap damage uh, that they may ensue, obviously, if they took that long-term deal with Chris Godwin. He obviously accepted. Uh, so that is worth uh, just about nearly $16 million. So it's actually $15,983,000 for the one year, all fully guaranteed. And that is what he is making for the one year in 2021. You're listening to the Bucks Nation podcast talking about all starters from the 2020 season making their return to make another Super Bowl run in 2021. Next, let's go ahead and talk about Leonard Fournette, Lombardi Lenny, playoff Lenny, whatever you want to call him. He knew he needed to stay right where he was, regardless of what the Bucks were willing to offer, uh, which wasn't much, actually. I'm not sure if everybody recalls, but week 14 was a pivotal time for Lombardi Lenny uh, to make it or break it. He reportedly almost got cut from the team after he had to meet with Bruce Arians. Tyler Sullivan of CBSSports.com reports that Fournette seemed discontent with his role behind starter Ronald Jones and was made inactive for the Buccaneers' Week 14 win over the Vikings. It was the next day, the very next day, where he met with Arians and faced a critical crossroad of his Bucks career, uh, where basically Bruce Arians said, hey, listen, if you don't like it, you could see your ass to the door. So, Interesting turnout. He obviously stuck it around, and lo and behold, playoff Lenny was born. There have been reports lately of him saying, listen, I've been humbled since staying, being here in Tampa, and he must appreciate, uh, obviously, the results coming out of that Week 14 discussion with Bruce Harris. His contract breakdown is one year, three, uh, $3,255,000, fully guaranteed. So in 20, uh, 2021, he'll earn a base salary of $1 million and a roster bonus of $2.25 million. So carrying a cap hit, of course, of the 3.25. So his his contract is fairly straight up. Really no hoops hurdles, voidable years, and things like that. Uh, so Leonard Fournette back for another year at 3.2 million. Ndamukong Sue, another critical signing. On that front defensive line, you can't have enough front defensive line. Uh, we actually got two uh, back. We got Ndamukong Sue as well as Rakeem Nunez-Roches, otherwise known as Nacho. He will be coming back. Uh, for another year. So, Sue, let's go ahead and break his down. It's a one-year, $9 million fully guaranteed contract with a $5 million signing bonus. Rakim Nunez-Roches, he signed a two-year, $5 million fully guaranteed contract. So, a lot of full guarantees here, uh, which obviously solidifies the fact that these guys are sticking around and really excited, obviously, for what this next year and the year after follows, bringing them through the next couple of years, which is obviously the plan for Jason Light, and Bruce Arians to build the team in 2022 and beyond. Another notable signing, of course, Rob Gronkowski, one of the greatest tight ends to play in the game. He got exactly what he was looking to do. He wants to play one year at a time and control his own destiny. That's exactly what he got. One year, $8 million, fully guaranteed with a $4 million signing bonus. So his base salary is actually going to be $1.75 with $6.25 million with the signing bonus. So obviously there was uh, some 
gymnastics done with that. And Rob Gronkowski will be back with the Buccaneers for another year. One other final notable signing that I want to go ahead and conclude with is Ryan Suckup. He was critical, right? The Buccaneers have finally found their kicker. Why would you want to get rid of him? He was one of the most consistent kickers in 2020. Uh, and he is obviously one of the better kickers in the league. And he is just one of those uh, that, that you really can't let go, right? So we knew he was coming back. It was just for how much, when uh, when that trigger was going to be pulled, etc. So he signed a three-year, $12 million contract, including $6.25 million in guaranteed money. For more, you can go to spotrack.com and you can take a look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers salaries uh, for those free agents. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. And when we return, we'll talk a little Antonio Brown and other receiver options for 2021. We'll be right back. Welcome into Block 2 of the Bucks Nation podcast. I'm your host, Jason Curtis. Find me on Twitter at JCBucksNation and the show at BucksNationPod. We're going to go ahead and jump into the Antonio Brown discussion as many of you are interested in the ever so growing drama around AB. I know many of you are out there saying it's not even worth it. There's no big deal. Why should Brown return? The Bucks have Tyler Johnson, Scotty Miller, and a returning healthy OJ Howard. But we have to look at the fact that he does have a work ethic and he has an ability that is still to be rivaled in the NFL. Let's not forget his resume. Let's run through this. He's a seven-time Pro Bowler, four-time All-Pro, Hall of Fame All-2010s team, two Super Bowl appearances with one championship, obviously coming out of last season. Even with an eight-game suspension, Antonio Brown still reeled in over 500 receiving yards. 886 total receptions in his career, nearly 12,000 career yards, and 79 career touchdowns. Bruce Arians said on Chris Collinsworth's podcast on PFF.com, he said that no one works harder than Antonio. It was shortly before week five when he saw the injuries happen with uh, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. He said he went to Jason Light and said, let's bring him in. He sat down with Antonio Brown and determined he wasn't going to be an issue. And since then, he has been a model citizen the whole time he's been here in Tampa Bay. As reported by Mike Garofolo of NFL Network, the Bucks have shown a desire to bring AB back, but it doesn't seem like the money is there. Also reported by James Yarko of Bucks Nation, he says Antonio Brown is more of a luxury than a necessity at this point, and they aren't going to put themselves in a situation where they will hurt themselves or the rest of the roster by tying too much guaranteed money in a player that still carries off-field brisk. Brown is probably looking for more money guaranteed while the Bucks seem more likely to offer a more incentive-based contract, all reported by James Yarko of Bucks Nation. You can read more on that story by heading over to BucksNation.com and read James' story, as well as Mike Garofolo at NFLNetwork.com. This is the Bucks Nation podcast. You can message me on Twitter at BucksNationPod. Send us in your questions. Give us your shout-outs. We'll be glad to get it up on the air. The Bucks could bring in someone like free agent Larry Fitzgerald, but how realistic is that? And is it even necessary? A lot of questions surrounding that. A lot of rumor mills. A possible reunion between head coach Bruce Arians, offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich, and Larry Fitzgerald could certainly be an even bigger dream than having Tom Brady here. I think we would all love to see those two future gold jacket bears play on this same team. If you're any type of NFL fan, you likely know that Fitzgerald is a team guy. 
He's taken the backseat to allow growing talent to grow around him. He got derailed as the number one guy last season, as he has for several years. But DeAndre Hopkins comes in, no complaints whatsoever, plays the number two, number three guy sometimes. And I mean, who would not want this guy on your team? He's got a good connection with Tom Brady, Bruce Arians, Byron Leftwich. He's a team player and likely will take the veteran minimum to keep playing at his age. He's a Walter Payton man of the year. So he's obviously amazing off the field as well. And James Jericho Bucks Nation also did a great story on Fitzgerald during our free agent spotlight series. And he wrote on BucksNation.com about how Fitz has accepted his time as a role player in Arizona. He has plenty of knowledge and experience to pass down to the younger players like Scotty Miller and Tyler Johnson, up and coming top receivers in the league. Now, his cost is between 10 and $11 million. $11 million is what he made last year. If he wants to make one final push to finally win a ring, which he has not won a ring yet, he has not won a Super Bowl, he will likely have to take a veteran minimum, at least a discount from the $11 million, probably around the realm, around 4 to $5 million, given his average production over the past couple of years. And it could be closer to what Antonio Brown would be looking for, and it could be all guaranteed, or it could be incentive-based. Fitzgerald could definitely take that role on and, and allow for more of an incentive-laden type of contract more than Antonio Brown would. And then there's Julian Edelman. Yes, everybody loves this rumor. A lot of folks speculated him coming over to Tampa Bay last year to rejoin Brady uh, ever since he came down here. As we saw, that obviously did not happen. Then on April 1st of this year, the Pats militia tweets a picture of the Buccaneers trading a third-round pick for Edelman. Then a couple hours later, Edelman himself tweets a gif of Jack Sparrow saying, it's a pirate's life for me. Not funny, Jules. Not funny at all, man. You got a lot of grown men screaming like little girls when we saw that. But obviously, it is April Fool's Day, and he has acknowledged that, yes, it was an April Fool's joke. So um, as, as many of us think that it's probably the stupidest holiday of the year, it was a little funny and obviously got a lot of people excited, even though it was only for about maybe a minute or two. I wouldn't put anything past Jason Light anymore. I, I really wouldn't. I wouldn't put anything past him. Julian Edelman, Larry Fitzgerald, anybody coming to the Buccaneers, I wouldn't even put it past him that they would get Russell Wilson or or Deshaun Watson uh, <laughs> next year. Who knows? I would not put anything past these guys given the moves that they were able to make this past season. We're going to go ahead and take another quick break. When we come back, we're going to wrap up the show with a quick I don't give a buck. And go ahead and wrap up the show with some draft talk. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Bucks Nation Podcast. Welcome back, Bucks Nation. It is block three. So you know what that means. Here we go. I don't give a fuck. 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 You know what? I don't give a buck if Antonio Brown returns in 2021. You could find young talent in the NFL draft that we missed out on in 2022. We could have got Justin Jefferson, but we didn't. There is plenty of young talent coming out of college these days, and there are a lot of great prospects. And if we thought that the talent coming out of the 2020 draft was good, wait till the 2021. Let's not forget about Tyler Johnson, Scotty Miller, and even Jaden Mickens, all young, fast-burning wide receivers that can blow it down the seam and do those go routes just as good as Antonio Brown. 
there are other notable veterans that could come to Tampa for just as much as AB wants, if not for less, and be happy to ride along with Tom Brady and the rest of this team, as well as the coaching staff, such as Larry Fitzgerald, even Julian Edelman, like we were talking about earlier. In the corporate world, we talk a lot about noise and controlling the narrative. Removing Antonio Brown from the picture helps the Bucks control their own narrative and eliminate a lot of the noise from fans, the media, and any other off-the-field source. The Bucks have their future now, and they can build on it in the draft. Even though Light and Arians have said they'll focus on the defense, there is still plenty of opportunity to find another Tyler Johnson or Scotty Miller that could go deep. And they can find it in this draft or even in the 2022 draft if it's not needed right now. The prospects that are coming out of college are just absolutely amazing. That's why I don't give a buck if Antonio Brown returns to the Bucks in 2021. I don't give a fuck. 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 I don't give a buck what they do with the backup quarterback position because whatever they do, it's going to be the right move for the team long term. They know what they have right now. They can foster a really good, decent quarterback situation for two to three years down the road. They could go very young. I mean, Bruce Arians has already said that he is shooting for a young quarterback to sit behind Tom Brady and learn. And who better to learn from than the GOAT himself? They'll also likely keep Ryan Griffin and or Blaine Gabbert. Uh, obviously, Blaine, Blaine Gabbert was able to come in on a moment's notice and be able to win with the team. He's a senior veteran, and he can continue to drive this team forward after Brady is gone. They're both 32 years of age, so they do have plenty of miles left in the tank, and they could both do very well in this system. Gabbert has also proven he could step in. He can win with this team. We haven't seen much from Griffin but we know that Arians did feel at the end of the season that he does have his quarterback of the future already on this roster. Who that is, yet to be determined. Maybe he saw something in Griffin that the rest of the league hasn't seen yet. Only time will tell, but he is the quarterback whisperer. And there aren't many other coaches in the league that know the quarterback position more than B.A. That's why I don't give a buck what they do at the backup quarterback position. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. This is episode two, season three of the Bucks Nation podcast. We've talked about starters returning, the AB watch party, as well as the rumor mills for Antonio Brown's prospective replacements. But before we sign out, I wanted to go ahead and do a recap of the recent press conferences with Jason Light and Bruce Arians. They were both asked about the upcoming NFL draft. Buccaneers senior writer Scott Smith wrote about the Bucks having the luxury of taking a long view in the draft. Jason Light was quoted saying, It's a luxury to have this year that we could pick who we think will be the best player in two years. He continues to say, that's what we always kind of set our draft board as. Is what this guy's going to be to be in two years? In today's day and age, everybody wants it to be in two games. But we're going to take the long view here and bring in the player that we're going to be happy with for the long haul. And that's a much different position that they've had to be in over the past several years, whether it's free agency or the draft or other. Obviously, we had to bring in Trista Wurst because we were struggling on the line. I had to bring in, obviously, with Tom Brady, picking him up because of the struggles that Jameis Winston was having over the past four years. Light conceded that it was possible for the Bucs that they could find a potential 2021 starter in the draft, depending on the position, but it doesn't seem particularly likely. 
Bruce Arians wants speed on the defense and a young quarterback. Again, knowing what they can do in the next two to three years and beyond is where they're looking, and that is a very ideal situation to be in. He does anticipate that Keyshawn Vaughn will play a much bigger role. He's come out and said that and said that they probably will not be picking up a running back in the first round. However, Bruce Arians is quoted saying this year going into this draft, it's probably going to be the best player available. I mean, every round can't really say I've ever gone into a draft, not having a need, a drastic need. So it's going to be fun because there are going to be so many guys available. The beauty pageant part of it. We like this corner better than that back or this defensive end. So how much can they help us on the special teams right away? That part of it won't change. So it's really nice that they could be able to change that type of mentality and be able to look and see who's going to play what in the best situation and literally pick up the best player available in any given round. So who's at 32? The best player available. Now, whether that's Levi uh, Anzuriki or whether that is Najee Harris or it is other, it's yet to be determined, right? Who is going to be the, the, the first, the best available at 32 and then at 64, etc. He also has continued to say, he continued to quote in his presser, I think we'll look for speed on defense as long as it's speed because speed's going to help special teams and speed develops into really good players on defense. So really excited to see what Todd Bowles as well as Bruce Arians with Jason Light uh, has in store uh, heading into the 2021 NFL draft in just a couple of short weeks. I'm excited as ever to see the Buccaneers' results coming out of this draft. For once, they don't need to find a starting position need, nor any stress on one particular area. They could look across the board, top down, left to right, very T-shaped, and they could actually pick their best player that is available in that roster. And that's a very ideal and very rare spot that any team is in. So very excited to see what comes out of that. Well, that'll wrap it up for episode two of the Bucks Nation podcast. You can find me on Twitter at JC Bucks Nation and the show at Bucks Nation Pod. Don't forget to check out all of the team's written works at BucksNation.com, where all of the writers bring you the best in Buccaneers coverage, headlines, and storylines. Stay tuned in each week as we continue to bring you views from all different directions from Bucks Nation coverage, news across the NFL, fantasy football, and from you, Bucks Nation. Submit a question or make a shout out in our new mailback by shooting us an email at BucksNationPodcast at gmail.com. That's BucksNationPodcast at gmail.com. Leave us your name and a message, and I'll get it up on the air in an upcoming show. Leave us a review on Apple, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or wherever you download and stream the Bucks Nation podcast channel. Until next time, wave your flags high and fire the cannons. See you.